Ephesians 1 and 17. Ephesians 1 and 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That God may give unto us the spirit of, everybody say the spirit of, that that spirit would come upon us, the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation. And it would be, of course, in the knowledge of him. What a prayer to pray. What a need in our life. If you can't see it, you can't do it. You got to see it before you can do it. And it takes the hand of God to bring that kind of eyesight to us today. And daily we should seek the Lord and ask God, God expand, expand my wisdom and expand my revelation. The revelation of you and of the things of God. It's the hand of God that is that does this. The Old Testament speaks of Aaron And uh, he said, thy brothers, you're going to make holy garments for Aaron and thy brother for glory and for beauty. And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom. I've filled them with the spirit of wisdom. Again, and I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. It was said of Joshua, Joshua was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands upon him, and the children of Israel hearkened unto him, and did as the Lord commanded Moses. God gave him the spirit of wisdom. And I come to preach to you today that you would include this and this would become a focus of your prayers. God, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation that I can see what I need to see. Solomon said, for God giveth to man that is good in his sight. He gives wisdom and knowledge and joy but to the sinner he gives travail together and to heap up that he may give to him that is good before God Solomon said God gives to man wisdom and knowledge three things wisdom and knowledge and joy but to the sinner he said I send travail and it's for them to Gather and to heap up that he may give to him that is good before God. I'm not talking about the wisdom of this world, even though we know that God uses uh, carnal things to help us, good books and all these things, God can use them. But that's not the focus of my preaching today. It's the focus, this is the focus that God would touch all of us and lead all of us in greater wisdom or be a more wise person than we have been. And we would have the revelation that we could see what we need to see. In the book of Acts, he gave the promise not just that you're going to receive the Holy Ghost with the speaking in other tongues and thank God for it. But he gave that promise that you're going to see visions and you're going to have dreams. And it's the God that wants to expand our thinking and help us today that we can be everything that God has for us. I don't believe we were born just by accident. I don't believe we're just wandering stars. I don't believe it's happen chance that we're here today. 
I believe for every man and every woman that God has purpose in our life. And the challenge for all of us is to seek God until we find that purpose in in our life. That God would give us this wisdom and the revelation of his will that we could see it more clearly. I trust today that we would all seek after God, that, you know, we see the scripture talks about it. We, we see through a fog, but it, that it would become more clear to us that our revelation and, and wisdom, it, it would be more, we would be more focused than what we have in the past, that we can see the perfect and the design that God has for all of our lives today. He has got purpose in every one of us. I want to tell you something. I want to show up where I'm supposed to. I want to do what I'm supposed to do. I want to be all that I can be for his glory and his honor. I don't want to get down the road and look back and say, oh, I wished I had it. I want to pray and do it today. You can't do it if you can't see it. But if God opens your eyes and causes the scales, you know the reason Paul was persecuting the church of the living God is because he could not see it. And it was Ananias that went over and prayed for him that the scales would fall from his eyes. And when the scale fell from his eyes, he was willing to go everywhere and preach this glorious gospel. God wants to remove the scales from our eyes. And can I tell you something else? None of us have, have arrived. There's all, there, there's room for all of us to move and there's room for all of us to grow and there's room for all of us to see more clearly and have the revelation that God has for us today. Speak to us, God. Paul said, my speech was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but it was in demonstration of the spirit and of power, which thou also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Help us, God. Help us, God. You know why where we're at today in spirituality in this church is because you're able to see it. And I'm just here to tell you that God's not through with us. He wants to take us to another level and to another victory. But in order to do it, we got to be able to see it. And we've got to seek after the revelation of God, that we can see it more clearly. Oh, thank God for the revelation that we see and, 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 and the understanding that we have. And I'm glad that I'm associated with people that are thirsty and hungry. Most people, when they get to church, they feel like, man, I have arrived. They didn't come to church to get better. They didn't come to church to see further. They didn't come to church to understand more. They just come to church because, well, that's the thing I do. But I'm glad to be in a church that's red hot and loves God. And we're saying, hey, we're happy with what we've experienced and felt. But we're not going to sit down and we're not going to stop. There's more for us. And we're going to keep seeking and we're going to keep reaching and we're going to keep praying and we're going to keep believing. Well, I want to tell FPC something. We have not had our finest day. There's still another day awaiting, amen, for people that will pray and people that will keep reaching and seeking for God. Come on, put your hands together for the Lord. Oh, speak to us in this house today, God. Jesus spoke a parable to his disciples and others, and they were confused by it. And it was the parable of the sower went forth and sowed the seed. 
the different things that happen to the seed falling by the wayside, falling on stony ground, falling among the thorns. And then the Bible said, some fell on good ground. And then he said to his disciples, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Just because you've got an ear to hear doesn't mean you heard. If there's anything we need to do in prayer is say, God, give me an ear that I can hear from that other world. That I can understand and have understanding of the spiritual things. I've got an ear, but that didn't mean I heard anything. I may have heard a noise, but he's talking about more than just being hearing words. He's talking about understanding what you have heard. And the disciples came unto him, why speakest thou to them in parables? Why do you give these parables, Lord? And he answered and said unto them, because it is not given, it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. We're going to find out just a little further in this chapter why they can't see it. And he said, for whosoever hath, to him shall be given. Woo. And he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Did you get it? You got truth today? You want to walk with God? You've been given. He's given to us and he shall have, it's going to be, you're going to be given even more abundance. If you have understanding or a sight or insight in the things of God, then the, the blessing of God is going to lead you into more abundance. I like that word. Everybody say more abundance. It means if you have received the word of the Lord and your eyes have become open that you can, you can hear truth and you can receive it, then it's going to be given to you more abundance, more abundance of revelation. I may be seeing through a glass darkly, but I'm going to tell you, there's a clear one that God has for me. Did you get it? If you've got a little bit of the revelation, if your eyes are open, can I say it like this? If you're honest hearted and not self-righteous, I can read, I understand, I went to college, I've got this, I've got that. It doesn't matter what you've got. It doesn't matter how well you can read. I'm not talking about how good you can read and how much you know out of books. I'm talking about a spiritual side. I'm talking about the divine hand of God coming down on you and touching you. I get it. I see it. I see it. Thank God for that glorious day when they preached Jesus' name baptism and you said, "Woo." I see it. I see it. Hallelujah, Sister Biggs. I see it. I see it. I may have been raised in some traditional that uh, that adopted a baptism back in 325 A.D. when they changed the mode of baptism from the name of Jesus to the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost and they invented the word Trinity and started calling themselves the Trinity. And all at once, you understand well, Peter got the keys. And Peter said to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus and all the early church got baptized in the name of Jesus. See, if you can see that revelation, God's got some more revelation. You just keep on. So, to, for whosoever hath, 
I want you to get it. Whosoever hath to him shall be given and he shall have more abundance. But here's the danger. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away even that he hath. If you don't get it, if you don't receive it, then you're, you, you fall into more darkness and you move farther and farther away from the plan of God and the will of God. You know what God's looking for? He's just looking for honest-hearted people. It's strange to me that you can take the Bible and put your finger on the Scripture and says, this is what it says. And people will look at it and say, I, I don't see it. You know what? The answer is if you seek, you shall find. If you knock, the door will open. God's looking for just simple, honest-hearted people. If it's in the Bible, I don't care what tradition says. I don't care what religion says. I don't care what Dr. So-and-so says. The Bible's good enough for me. Come on. Come on, balcony. Respond to the word of the Lord. Oh, yes. Everybody say next verse. This is it. Therefore speak I to them in parables. Because they seeing they see not. And hearing they hear not. Neither do they understand. They're just confused. And he was actually quoting from the book of Isaiah. This was a prophecy out of Isaiah that Jesus Christ said is going to happen. And he said, by hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand. And seeing ye shall see and not perceive. For this, here's the reason he's given us why they don't get the revelation. For this people's heart is wax gross. Their heart is wax gross. One translation says they got a heavy heart or they've got a fat heart and their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes, look who closed them. They have closed. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. Now folks, that's where we're all trying to get to. We want God to heal us. We want God's help. And then he said, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. I want blessed eyes and I want blessed ears because I want to be able to see it because you can't do it if you can't see it. You can't get closer to God if you cannot see it. If you don't know the things that are hindering you from the greater anointing in your life, you can never get there. But it's when you see it and you take that whatever a hindrance is and lay it on the altar and put it aside Hey folks, you see this up here? This is called the altar. And this is where the power's at. Now this is what religion's world will remove out of the church. Because you, whatever you repent of, you go out the next day and do it. But that's not repentance. Repentance is this. You're traveling this way, and when you repent, you turn around and start going the other way. And that's what puts the power in a Christian's life. And that's what puts the power in FPC. When we quit preaching repentance at FPC and death to the flesh, we will be just another church. The glory will not be here. The power will not be here. The anointing will be not be here. 
What gives the anointing and the power and the glory of the presence of God is what we all, hey, nobody's twisting my arm. Nobody's making me live like I live. I'm living this way because I have discovered for me, for me, for me, it's just the good life. It's where I find peace. It's where I find happiness. It's where I find fulfillment when I live like I'm living. Come on, everybody join in. Come on, balcony. Stand up, balcony, and join in with me today. Oh, yes, mold us and shape us into your perfect will. How many in this house believe God's got more for you? Do you think I'm on track today? Do you think this is a good prayer to pray? Do you think Monday you could come up here and pray, God, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation. You can be seated. I'm not quite through. Sometimes I don't know if y'all are voting or... But I got a mandate from the Holy Ghost. So this mandate overrules everything. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey, I want to be associated with people that are growing, not stagnant, not, I got it, bless God. You blowed up this week and done something stupid that you need to repent of and put on the altar where you can feel the glory again. Hey, folks, this is the real deal. The real deal will always work. You can feel the real deal. I'm glad he's a God. It's not a mind game. That's the religious world. You know, you think a thought and you go around telling people you're saved till you convince yourself you're saved when you know you're not saved. Amen. But you don't have to convince yourself of anything. Amen. Whenever the scales have fall, fallen from your eyes and it's as the apostle Paul said, the things I once loved, now I. The things I once, oh, help me now. Now I, Woo! we're getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere. Nobody's making me do it. I'm doing it because I know it's what I want to do. And I know it brings me into a deeper relationship, a better revelation, a better understanding. I'm a wiser person for doing it. That's the reason. Help us, Holy Ghost. You know, uh, everything in the Bible is relevant. You know that. Everything that Jesus did is relevant for us today to help us. And here is a strange healing that God done in the form of Jesus Christ when he was on this earth. He took this blind man by the hand and he led him out of town. Get him out of town. Get him away from the doubters. And he led him out of town. And when he had spit on his eyes, oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's what it says. Spit. I ain't gonna have nobody praying for me. I'm afraid somebody rough up. When you get hungry enough, you won't care. I'm going to tell you, if I was blind, I'd let Jesus spit in my eyes today. Oh, yeah, humility is a part of this. It's a part of this. You come into church sitting on these pews is a great act of humility. Amen. Hallelujah. He spit in his eyes and he put his hand upon him. And then he asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. I don't know. Perhaps, you know, blind people have a, they have a very sensitive uh, 
ability of touching and feeling, braille, they can read. Perhaps somebody had taken him, showed him a tree, and he had touched the bark of that tree. And he said, I see men walking around like tree trunks. That's what I see. And the scripture said after that, he put forth his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up and he was restored and saw every man clearly. I feel revelation coming on in this house today. Somebody said, Brother Holmes, I hear you preach it, I read it in the Bible, and I cannot see it, but I do know it's right, and I know it feels good in this church. Well, can I encourage you today? This is not a house for the well. This is a hospital for the spiritual needed. We're all spiritually in need. We're all spiritually sick. Amen. Oh yeah, those shoulder blades you feel back there, that's not wings. Amen. You're not sprouting wings. Your pastor's not sprouting wings. We're still all here on earth and we're earthly. And we're seeking. I don't see it fully. It would be probably surprising how many people if we started lining up things that are in the word of the Lord that are somewhat common to all of us. And do you really see that? Do you really see that Jesus is the mighty God? Do you really see baptism? Do you really see holiness and the separation from the world? Do you really see it? There'd be people would say, you know, I know, I feel, and I, it seems right, but I, I do not, I'm seeing it as men as tree trunks. Well, I'm going to tell you, there's a revelation. You can go further than that. You know what you need to do is just do what you're doing. Everybody say, come back again. Say it again. Say it again. If you keep coming. You know what? I'm glad I'm pastoring uh, saints and people. It's been here many years. and and uh, and But, you know, uh, we, we all can grow in God. And I know we, you know, us been here, and you know, I, I've got to be the most blessed one around here, been here all my life, been in this church with this great assembly. Amen. Thank God. But I want to tell you something, and I, I watch people, they, they judge people, and you shouldn't do that. And you hurt people. And you get on Instagram and say things about people you should not say. You know, it's those curveballs people throw. <laughs> you shouldn't do that. Amen. Because you didn't see everything you were able to see today the first time you walked in here. You didn't get it the first time. That would be like a woman having a baby, a 200-pound baby. That's not the way life worked. That's not the way spiritual things work. Amen. It's a baby born. And it needs a mother to nourish that baby and love that baby. And people are at different stages in their walk with God. Somebody said, oh, I'm afraid they're going to, hey, we're not going to compromise nothing. But we're going to be patient. And we're going to love people. And we're going to reach out to people. And we're going to help people. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost in the house. Aren't you glad somebody was patient with you one day? God, I don't want blood on my hands. And that would be easy to do. I preached a message many Years ago, God gave me, and, and it was this gentle hands. And the Holy Ghost spoke it to my heart. And I began to go back over my life and remember all the wonderful people in my life that touched my life.
and helped shape me. And I thought, if they would have been ugly and mean and harsh, I wonder where I would be at today. And oh God, help me. Amen. In your youth, you do things you regret. Help us, God, be wise people and have gentle, this church needs to have gentle hands. Gentle hands with one another. Loving one another. Amen. You ever tried having church by yourself? I've met people that would enjoy doing that. (laughs) But it wasn't real church. Sister Jonathan and I have been off preaching to 40 and 50 people. Hey, thank God for every soul. If it was one, I'm going to preach my heart out. But it sure does feel good. I like big families. My daddy raised me like that. They started a children's home in our home. And there were 18 children in our house at one time. We were, I didn't know that a full-size bed was just meant for one person or two people. We were sleeping three deep in those beds. Amen. Thank God for the family of God. Hey, if you've got a problem, come on. I'm seeing trees, and they look like men. Just come on. Somebody will preach a message. And one day you'll say, whoop, I got it. I got the revelation. I see it for myself. You're talking about making strong Christians is when you see it for yourself. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to see. You, you got to see this for yourself. This is not a hand-me-down religion. You can't get it from mom and dad. You've got to get it for yourself. You've got to see it yourself. And when those scales have fallen from your eyes and you can see it, then you have the understanding. Help us, Holy Ghost. Help us, Holy Ghost. Isaiah said, it's going to be this way. It's going to be precept upon precept. Precept is a doctrine or a rule or a commandment. You're going to find this over and over in the Bible. God gave me a vision and I put it in a book that I wrote. And it was this, is how the Bible connected together as mountain peaks of truth. Supported and finally it comes to a peak and you see it. It's, it's in Genesis and it's in the, through the law and then it's the prophets and on through and it's in the New Testament and how there it's like a ribbon that is it's woven together and this great truth comes out of it and you see it God has his way of revealing and that's what Isaiah was saying it's going to be precept upon precept upon precept he said it's going to be line upon line upon line scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture And then listen to this, here a little and there a little. You're not going to get this all in one sermon. You're going to get here a little and then you're going to get there a little. But just keep on coming back. Keep on coming to church. Because God's got more for you. And the scale will fall from your eyes that you can see what God has in store. As saints of God, we should never stop growing in wisdom and in revelation. You know what you will do? You're going to do what you see as important. When you see it as being important to your well-being, I found out a long time how to get people to do what you want them to do. Just figure out what they want to do. 
And that's the challenge for the man of God is because when you preach this stuff, flesh says, scream, says, no, I don't want to do it. But you say, hold up just a minute. Let me keep preaching to you. Let me just keep preaching to you. Have you ever tried prayer? And the flesh says, no, I don't want to pray. Wait, 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 wait. You're going to see things happen. Come on. Try it a little bit. Try 30 days of prayer, 30 minutes a day, where you never miss. Just like a machine gun, one right after the other. Just, just give it a try. And the revelation starts coming then. Ooh, my flesh was lying to me. My flesh said it would be boring going to that Pentecostal church. I was talking to the Tuckers before service. They said they'd never been to a Pentecostal church. Thank God you're here today. Hey, it's fun. I don't want to go to church. Hey, hey, sometimes you have to do like this. What are you talking about? Get your flesh by the nap of the neck, Brother Kelly. Get your flesh by the nap of the neck, Brother Dillinger. Amen. And you got to jerk on it a time or two because you got to get its attention. Get it up on its tiptoes and say, flesh, it doesn't matter if you want to do it or not. You ain't got no say in this. I've got a revelation. I got a revelation of going to church. I got a revelation of prayer. I've got a revelation of the things of God. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord right now. I see it, I see it, I see it, I see it. If you ever, and thank God for 17 and 1800 people this is not estimates, this is computer-generated numbers. Oh, you know you can always trust the computer until it blows up. Hallelujah. Thank God for 17, 18, plus our school, almost 4,000, 4,000 people a week coming into the house of prayer. You know why? Because somebody's got the revelation. Nobody's making me do it. In fact, you know, I've told some of the young pastors and I've said, you know, you can do like Monday night family prayer if you want to, but I wouldn't do that because everybody's not on the same schedule. That's one reason. Second reason is people uh, get it in their mind, well, I'll go to prayer. I'll go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night. I'll go to family prayer on Monday night come back to church Wednesday night or whenever they have church, I'm done. But you're not done. You know what happens when you have the revelation? When the preacher preaches something like this, it sounds like a burden, but really and truthfully, it's taking a load off of you. Because when you pray, you understand he's in control. You understand how to walk by faith. You understand, hey, I don't know. None of us in this building knows what tomorrow holds. But I want to tell you, you can go to bed night and sleep like a baby. Because you know he holds the future. And for me, I found that in prayer and in fasting once a week. So by help and grace of God, I'm not going to stop. Amen. Thank God for the power of prayer. You know, until you learn this prayer, you can never have the revelation of all these other things. There's no reason somebody preached to you something else when you have not got the revelation of prayer. When you get the revelation of prayer, then it, you're, in, you're in a position now, hey, I'm hungry. Amen. Well, hallelujah. If you don't pray, preaching may make you mad. And nobody wants to make you mad. 
You know, uh, I don't know, you may feel like, man, I'm, I'm really down. I, I've done bad or I've done this. I'm a, one of the greatest stories in the Bible given to us is in the life of Jonah. This man running from the presence of God, he ends up throwing him all out of the boat. He's swallowed by a great fish. He's trying to escape. Is that not a true picture of, of this world? The reason there, all the things that are going on in people's lives, trying to escape through alcohol, drugs, and on and on the list goes. He's trying to escape this troubled spirit that he's dealing with inside of him. And so he just says, throw me overboard. The boat's going up and down and it's just about to take on water and heathens that don't know the God that Jonah knows they're praying and he's in the bottom of the ship asleep and they go down there and wake him up man get up we're in trouble call upon you your God and who are you and where are you from and he says I'm the God that Jonah I'm putting my words that controls the storm He said, well, you need to pray. He said, if you want this sea to settle down, throw me overboard. And they threw him overboard. And the story doesn't stop. He's swallowed by a great fish. He gets in that fish, his belly. He's swimming around inside that fish's belly. The Bible said he's got seaweeds wrapped around his neck. He looks at the side of it because he's describing it for us. And he says there's bars in here. He had to be looking at that rib cage or feeling that rib cage. And you know what this man does? He prays. I'm going to tell you, you may have trouble today, but you you ain't no fish's belly. Your world may be upside down, but you're not no fish's belly. You're not as hopeless as Jonah had to feel in that fish's belly. But he did the right thing. He prayed. I'm preaching revelation. When my mother told me, she said, son, when you don't know what to do, don't do nothing. Just pray. Boy, that's been a good one for me. Just put it on hold and just pray. I want to read to you what Revelation, some way too, is. he's in this fish's belly. He, he finds his sense of direction because God told Solomon, if you're in trouble, if you look toward Jerusalem and pray, I'll hear your prayer. And some way he twists around and he gets in the direction of Jerusalem. And this is what he said, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came unto me into thine holy temple. This is powerful. Have an ear. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. If you listen to what the devil tells you, you'll forsake your own mercy. The devil will tell you it's over. Walk away, give up, throw up your hands, and you will forsake the mercy of God. But be like Jonah and say, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. How can you be thankful in a fish's belly? I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon dry land. You just need to have the revelation. Now, in closing, what brings us to revelation? What does God use to bring us and to help us and to push us toward 
revelation. Well, I'll tell you what he did. He created Adam and Eve. He put them in the garden. And he said to Adam and Eve, if y'all got bands stands back there somewhere. You got one, two, I need two. Come on, Brother Austin, help me, man. What you dragging around on me today for? Amen. Love this Brother Austin. He's a... Come on, Brother Ken High. Put it on the other side over it. Yeah, that's over this way just a little bit. Yes, sir. Raise it up, if you will. Oh, yeah, we're going to make it look like a tree. He put Adam and Eve in the garden. The Bible said he put two trees in that garden. He put the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and he put the tree of life. Two trees. Do you know where the Bible said he put it? The Bible said he put it in the midst of the garden. You know what? Adam and Eve were having to walk around those trees every day because it's in the midst of the garden. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. The tree of life. And then he said, don't eat of this tree because the day you eat of it is the day you're going to die. Well, you know how contrary our nature is. Can I hear a little amen in the house? The very thing you're told not to do, don't touch this, it's hot. Woo! Woo! The human nature. I want to find out. And along comes the devil temptation. And he says, you know what? You eat of that tree, you're going to be just like God. And that's man's battle today. Trying to control the heavens and on and on the list goes. To be in the place of God. And they eat of that tree. I've always wondered why on earth didn't they eat of the tree of life and live? Because they're battling with the same thing we're battling with, and that's called the flesh. And it's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And it's in the midst of the garden, so they're going around it. Well, let me tell you, you know what tree people are eating from today? They're still eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You don't see that tree? It's found in the form of an iPhone. People are corrupting their lives, messing up their world. How on earth could anybody, how on earth could Humans, an adult human stooped to a child. We'll tell you when you've seen everything there is to see on this thing. I was preaching the other night this same message down in Texas, and Holy Ghost spoke to me. When you when you've seen all the trash there is to see, you keep digging deeper in the garbage can. Well, hallelujah. Yeah, man is still standing at the tree of knowledge, good and evil, and eat the trash. Thank God for internet. Thank God for an iPhone. But thank God for men and women that's got a backbone. It says, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to look at that. I'm not going to. Come on, stand with me. Holy Ghost is wanting to talk to us. Holy Ghost is wanting to talk to us. Why don't we go over here on Sunday night and get some of this good Holy Ghost fruit? Why don't we go to church and live for God?
It was in the midst of the garden. Yeah, your phone's right there. It's too handy. Here it is anytime. Used to growing up, it was a Playboy magazine. Somebody had been ashamed to carry it out of the store, but now you've got way horrible, horrible, horrible trash. But I'm going to tell you, in the midst of the garden, in the midst of our world that's messed up, thank God for a church. Thank God for men and women and young people that says, I'm not going to go there and I'm not going to do that. Okay, Adam, and God comes walking in the garden in the cool of the day. and Where, where are you at, Adam? Where are you at, Adam? God knew where he was at all the time. Let me tell you something. Are y'all, do I still have your attention? When you got to hide to do something, you don't need to question yourself whether this is right or wrong. That's enough. When you don't want nobody to know what you've done and you're doing things in secret, you're hiding, Adam. But there's a God going to come walking out and say, where are you at, Adam? Oh, I like this clean living. I love this good life. Come on. This is not wacky stuff. This is stuff that needs to be preached everywhere. I'm not going on the movies and all the trash of this world. They're not our stars. Jesus Christ is our star. I'm not going to eat Hollywood and television and all the movies. So... In the wisdom of God. Everybody say in the wisdom of God. Think with me now. Everybody say the wisdom of God. What did God do? He said, Adam, I'm going to give you a thorn. I'm going to give you thistles. You're going to get out and you're going to have to work. Instead of nature and blessings coming your way, it's not going to be like that. It's going to be contrary, Brother Anderson. It's going to rain when it ought to be dry. It's just nature is going to go backwards for you. I'm going to give you a thorn and a thistle. I've been reading... General Patton's life story, I'm going to tell you, if you think that people won't call on God, you let them get in a foxhole with bullets whizzing around their head. Don't tell me you're so Mr. Tough Guy that you won't pray. You'll pray. He said, I'm going to put thorns and, and I just want you to have the revelation today. God has put that there. What is the purpose of it? Well, if you ever connect the dots and you realize, hey, when I hurt, I need to pray. And does it take away all the hurt? No, but it gives you grace. And you're not confused no more. Oh, hallelujah. No, no. When you're... 70 years old, it won't take away the knee aches and the back pain, but you won't be confused. You'll know my life is in his hands and I don't have to fear. And the thorn is pulled out on that. In the wisdom of God, he said, if if I take the thorn, come here, Brother Chris, help me out. If I take the thorn and I pierce him with the thorn, you get to hurting bad enough, you'll pray. 
You'll call on God. My big question to all of us here today, how deep does the thorn have to stick? For we say, God, I'm in your hands. I'm in your hands, God. And we have the revelation. Adam, when you understand to turn to me and to walk with me, I'll carry you through the thorns of life and the storms of life. Help us, God. What a blessing. What a blessing. I'm so glad that many years ago we started preaching this prayer and the value of prayer. And you know what? You can pray and not pray. I remember one time coming by the church, number 152nd places, that's three churches back. And I spent a little time in their prayer. I got in my car. It was a Tornada Oldsmobile. How many of y'all have ever heard of a Tornada Oldsmobile? You're showing your age. Yeah. It had doors. It was a two-door, but the doors are about that long. Front-wheel drive, Brother Compton. And I got in that car, and I was headed to a hospital. And I'm thinking back over my day, and I'm thinking, well, I've already, I'm going to the hospital. That's good to see people. And I'm thinking, man, I've prayed. And I want to tell you something. It was like a a voice spoke in that car that shook that car. And that's been many years ago, and I have never forgotten that experience. And that voice screamed out at me and said, the Pharisees prayed. And I said, God, I got the message. I want to pray till I break through. I don't want to go through the, I've gone through the motion of prayer, but I have not prayed. Come on, join me around the front. Come pray for me. Let's pray together. Hallelujah. Let the Holy Ghost speak to your heart. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on, let's pray. Let's say, God, give us the revelation of prayer. Let the scales fall from our eyes. Let us see what we need to see today. Give us understanding. Oh, yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Sing it. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Lord, come on, let's pray. Come on, let's ask God. Come on, make it ring out. I know that I can make it. Lord, let me have the revelation. Let the scales fall from my eyes, God. You want to join up with somebody? Come on, we can take it.
reveal to me, God, anything that's hindering me from a deeper walk with you. Is there something I'm doing? Is there something I'm touching, looking, tasting, whatever, God? Do I have any sincere, hungry-hearted people here today? Could you honestly and 100% tell God that right now? Lord, bring it to my mind. Purge me, O God. Cleanse me, O God. I want your anointing, O God. In Jesus' name. The scripture said he gave them the desires of their heart. But he sent leanness to their soul. If you think we could do away with holiness and prayer and have the same depth of anointing, you are really confused. I challenge you, you go when you see the shallowness of people that are not following Jesus Christ. He gave them the desires of their heart, but he sent leanness to their soul. I don't want the desire of my flesh to be fulfilled. I don't want my eyes to be fulfilled. And in my soul, so dry and empty. One more time. If it's appropriate, join with somebody. I want you to pray that prayer. Lord, if there's anything that I can lay on the altar. Come on, he's already been talking to you about it. Come on, just yield to his voice today. Lord, I surrender, Lord. I surrender, Lord. I lay it all on the altar. Whatever, God. I'm not going to do it no more. I'm not going to look at it no more. I'm not going to go there no more. Oh, I want your peace. I want your presence, Lord. That's a good prayer. Come on, make it ring out. Pray for this sister right over here. Sing it again. 